When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com. We have a busy week at Fightful.com. If you're just into the wrestling, hit up FightfulWrestling.com because we have lots of stuff to bring you this week. AEW's Revolution pay-per-view Saturday. I will be there, but we're going to have a post-show podcast for that. We have Super Showdown Thursday afternoon. I'll be there for that. Too. I'll not be there for that, but I'll be here for that. <laughs> and we had Wilder versus Fury this past weekend. Make sure you check out Carlos Toro's post-show podcast for that. But right now we're joined by Denise Salcedo of InstinctCulture.com. Denise, how you doing? I'm doing good. It's my favorite part of the week, the day that I get I put makeup on and get ready just for the podcast, like no lie. Me too. Put on my makeup. <laughs> I'm good to go. My God. But uh, guys, if you all want your question or statement read on the air, donate a Super Chat. Any amount gets that done. But hey, if you want to ask as many questions as you want, Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I'm doing my Q&A show this week. You have a couple days to get your questions in, and I will hang around as long as it takes to answer every single one of those as a subscriber. I had some exclusive news up today on the Matt Hardy situation, which we'll talk about, but uh, there's always exclusive stuff going up there. You'll get Alex's reviews of Sour Graps, Raw, and SmackDown. I have a backstage report podcast where I give you about 20, 25 minutes just of exclusive news, behind-the-scenes info, contract stats, uh, injury updates, lots of neat stuff over there. So show us some love. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. Tap the bell for that notifications. Uh, YouTube killing our channel uh, affected all that, so make sure you all tap that bell. But Oh, man. We have uh, some super chats that came in. Anakin says, could Matt Hardy be at Revolution if he's on screen after midnight? I think that he technically could if he's on screen after midnight, but that pay-per-view is not running four hours, Denise. I don't think so. And I I feel like you can wait. You can, it doesn't have to happen automatically. Whenever it does, it'll be sweet. I posted a thing on Twitter tonight because he had said something like uh, fellow brother in response to one of the young bucks on Instagram. And I noted that he, when he answered his phone on an episode of Free the Delete, he referenced finishing up in the territory and called the person fellow brother. So I was like, that's that's interesting. Uh, Rob Wilkins, go ahead. Sorry. They're throwing out their Easter eggs. I yeah. like that. Well, Matt is very, very smart about that stuff. Like, there's little things that I've noticed. I hope I get a chance to interview him sometime after whatever he's doing, even if he's still in WWE, because I feel like there's a lot of Easter eggs, and, like, I want to know if I'm reading too much into it or if he's really thinking this deep. Rob Wilkins says, Do you know if WWE has been pitching contracts to Matt Hardy at all? Yes, they have been, uh, substantially. Like, they're they're making a lot of efforts. It's just the fact that they didn't make an effort before all this, Denise. They didn't care until the last couple weeks when they were going to lose him. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting to see how, you know, there are some people that have been thrown a lot of money that, quite frankly, I'm just thinking to myself, not really worth it, you know? This money could go elsewhere. This person might not be bringing in the money that they're being offered. And it's pretty crazy how some people get those really big offers to stay and then pretty much do nothing, and then other people might not. But we don't know, though. We don't know yet. I mean, I still remember reading that story about Dean Ambrose where he basically said that he didn't even look at the last offer that they gave him. So it really just shows that... When a person is done, they are done. And, I mean, we've talked so many times about how Matt Hardy, you know, has a lot more to offer creative-wise. So, hey, when you're done, you're done. Rob also asks, who would be a good replacement for Lawler outside of Samoa Joe? Is there anybody that you have in mind that you think would make a good 
commentator? No, no. But you know what? I have been thinking about this just randomly. I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, are studying broadcasting careers and I get it. They want to go right into sports and all of that. But I just feel like maybe there should be more of those trying to get more of those guys that want to do serious sports and bring them in here and, you know, get somebody that's fresh, someone that's really, uh, really studied this and can really bring and analyze a perspective of this, you know, of pro wrestling. And do it so in a way that is done like sports and not mainly like the entertainment funny. Yeah, that's great and all, but I like the I want more serious analytical type of commentating. That's just my style that I prefer. Yeah, I would go addition by subtraction and just remove him and not do a third person at all. That unless, too. Unless you get somebody like that. If you have to have a personality, quote unquote, I would give Paige a try because the problem with Renee Young was she was the third commentator. That was the issue. If she were the second commentator, I don't think any of those issues would have happened. Or not even issues. I think there would have been a lot more use out of her. It's hard to get a word in edgewise as the third commentator in that booth. It is not easy. What more is there to say after two people do that? Uh, For example, go back and listen to when John Cena came back in the 08 Rumble. They had six people in that commentary booth. Everybody was trying to get their shit in. It's a lot like that just with three people. So when it's six, it's even worse. Uh, Maybe Dio Madden could come back. I thought he was getting the hang of it, but I think he wants to wrestle. But I I can't really say for sure. To be honest with you, if I would probably go with Steve Carino, who is who has worked for WWE, and he he was a great color commentator, analyst in Ring of Honor. I thought I think that he would be probably the best pick there. Chris Ferris says, Alistair Black seems to have it all. His entering work is incredible. Am I missing something, or does he need a push to the moon? Chris, I don't know necessarily what you mean. He's not been beaten in a singles match in over a year at this point. Like, they're not going to push him right away. He's going to keep winning and winning and winning. If he beats AJ Styles, then I think they, they've strapped the rocket ship to him. But I think that I think they should push him. Strong, protected people, Denise are very, very important. And we'll talk more about Aleister Black, but what do you think of what we've seen thus far? See, so here's the thing. Originally, I would have been like, yes, I 100% agree with that, push him to the moon, etc. But my thoughts have sort of changed just because of two people, and it just happened here tonight when I was thinking to myself, Montez Ford was a huge standout tonight. I don't know what it was. He did a lot where he just stood out and then there's guys like Kevin Owens that whatever he is given he just I mean you can tell he really cares about every single thing that he's doing and he really goes out there and goes like 113 percent goes full force so because of that I see guys like Montez Ford and and Kevin Owens that are given what they're given and they're making it work so at this point I just think you got to take the ball and you got to make Everyone see you, the fans, the people backstage, that they can see that you are the person that, uh, you know, that genuine push, like a Daniel Bryan, that sort of thing, where even if you're not getting it, you're making it happen. So that's, I've just been thinking differently a little a little bit lately. Yeah, I, I think that that's a good take, a fair take in that situation. If I'm WWE, I am trying my best to build as many new top stars as possible for so long they've just wanted the name on the marquee to to be it i thought that they had this generation's triple h austin and rock to a far lesser degree with the shield and it ain't tough to tell which is which in that situation and they had a lot of really good people they had some anchors like cm punk and daniel bryan that they could rely on as well and it just was they they didn't do it right there is no reason why this year A shield triple threat shouldn't be headlining WrestleMania. But they screwed it up. They screwed it up. And they got real close to screwing up a potential four horsewomen WrestleMania main event way down the line. Uh, But they almost lost Sasha Banks. So I I think they're learning. They've got to creatively satisfy these people or they're going to lose them. And Aleister Black seems like one of those guys that if they don't creatively satisfy him, maybe, maybe they could end up losing him. You never know. He's He's done, I think, pretty well so far, though, but... We'll talk about him in a bit. Speaking of Montez Ford, Hannah Moore sends a super chat and says, Montez reminds me of a young Randy Orton with how smooth he is and how he makes everything look easy. He is good. That's a really interesting comparison. I've been watching that Ruthless Aggression documentary. Episodes two and three are so much better than the first one. 
And Randy Orton, you, you forget how natural that he was. And you see why so many people say, oh, if you could build a wrestler in a lab, it'd be Randy Orton. Montez Ford does have all those raw tools. And if he starts to put it together, oh, he's going to be can't miss. I mean, they can miss on anybody, but he should be can't miss, Denise. You know, it's funny. I Okay, so last week you were talking about uh, ruthless aggression. So I watched it, like, right afterwards. Um, I... Uh, it was it was it was yeah. okay, but I've only seen episodes one and two. I haven't seen three yet. Um, but I three did is the enjoy. Best. Is it really okay? Yes. Well, I did enjoy episode two because it kind of really made you see a lot of what John Cena had to go through. I love the story that he told from the Hall of Fame where he got immensely booed, and then he's looking at Vince, thinking like, "What the heck do I have to like? What do I do?" And I feel like that's a side of John Cena that we've never seen before. At least I haven't. And so, kind of hearing him open up about that was pretty pretty interesting. To me, I think there are a couple things that could gain gigantic, major, super interest in WWE. And John, one is John Cena turning heel, and the other one is Roman Reigns turning heel. But I think John Cena coming through and doing his like Hogan '96 type of thing that that could be something where people are like, "Whoa, whoa wait a second, John Cena, the guy we've watched in movies, the guy that we've seen do all this good stuff, he's finally turning heel." I think that's something that could and. He, even if he doesn't get booed, it doesn't matter. A change in attitude is something that can go a long way with him, and it can help out a lot of people. The way that it helped out a lot of people when Hogan did it as well. But we do have actual Raw to talk about. Now, usually I group in all the segments, but this one kind of weaved in and out. Randy Orton came out to Big Boo's following a good video package, and he's reminded that Raw is in Winnipeg for the first time in 15 years, and he takes a stroll down memory lane. And I, I thought it was topical because a lot of the stuff that he covers is covered in that third episode of Ruthless Aggression. He says he's truly sorry for what he did to Edge, and then Kevin Owens interrupts him. Now, the thing is, Kevin Owens is going to get a big pop because he's a Canadian, and that it works like that. But initially, I'm like, why the hell does he care? Why does he care? Why would he be out here? And then he tells us why he cares. He says that while Edge came back, he was in the back waiting for his own entrance, and he saw a guy that motivated him that he wanted to wrestle when he was younger, when he was a kid, but it was taken away from him, and he saw an opportunity. He's going to get the chance to wrestle him. He's going to get the chance to work with him. He's going to get the chance to be in the ring with him, but Randy Orton might have taken that chance away. Denise, I thought that was such a great way to tell me why would Kevin Owens even give a shit, and they told me why. That was so good. Exactly. At first, I thought the same thing you did. I was like, why is Kevin Owens coming into it? Why is he being nosy? What I get, why is he out here? And so I'm thinking they're trying to force it. They're trying to do something cool here. And I thought, oh my God, this is not going to work, blah, 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 whatever. But then Kevin Owens starts talking about everything that you just said right now. And I just thought to myself... Wow, this is incredible because he gave it – his promo was so passionate. He was like, I was a fan and you took that away from me. And I just felt that one of the things that we've been talking about consistently about this whole Randy Orton Edge thing is that – they're adding so much to it. Again, they're adding tons of layers. I know it sounds repetitive, but that's what they're <laughs> doing. And this time, they did it, but now they're adding the fans' perspective. They're adding, you know, Kevin Owens talking about the fact that he was not signed with WWE at this point, and he was looking at Edge, and he was bummed when he was retired. And so now they have this fans' perspective coming out about what Edge means to the business, what he means to the WWE universe, and so on. And with them announcing that Beth Phoenix is coming is coming next week i just feel like they're really putting all of their eggs into this basket all into this feud and just trying to pull all sorts of different steps and trying to make it a little bit more creative and a little bit more different than some of the other things that they've been doing so i'm really excited that every single week we have been given something different that adds to why we should care about randy orton and edge and you know as longtime fans yeah we get it we know why we care about this but for new fans like i feel that every week with what they're doing with this it's getting the new fans invested as well like oh hey this is a big deal what's happening here yeah i i completely agree uh, Owens challenges Orton, and Orton accepts, but not right now. And I, I don't quite understand why not right now, but oh well. Backstage, we see Angel Garza, and I love the direction. Charlie Caruso's interviewing Zelina and, and Angel, and Zelina says, just a business relationship. 
And then Angel kind of flirts with Charlie Caruso. And I saw a lot of people say, oh, we just saw him get engaged on TV. He is a heel. He is he is a dick. But I kind of like that Charlie Caruso loved it. Like that, I, I think that's the aspect of it. Like a lot of guys hated Rick Rude because he would do all that stuff, but the girls were interested in him. Like they weren't revolted by him in the crowd. They they ate him up. I thought this well, was a nice touch. Her, did you see her tweet that she posted a few days no. ago? No. Oh, okay. So I think that's where this whole thing spiraled from, from that one tweet that she posted. Because she basically said something along the lines of, oh, I would swipe right for him, like, just to be, like, let's mm. be real. Like, I forgot the exact wording, but she basically said he's hot and I would swipe right for him. And I thought to myself, oh, well, that's new. And then right after that, we started seeing her post more and more. And even after this, she was just like, oh, I can't believe that this moment happened to me on Twitter. So it's kind of funny because now she sort of, she sort of put herself into that storyline in a way. Yeah, I, I thought that was just a, a nice little touch and a good approach. Garza is facing his cousin Humberto Carrillo, and I really liked this match. I thought this was Carrillo's best showing on Raw, and I'm going to take a victory lap around the world. I've been saying for months Garza would be the best thing to happen to him, and he was. They're cousins, but it really seemed like two brothers fighting. Like where they did the upside-down slap thing. I was like, that's like something a couple of brothers would do to each other. Like, I can hit harder than you. Let's do this ridiculous thing. But then when Carrillo would do his stuff that doesn't make sense, like the headstand, Garza would kick him right in the face. Like, you might try that cute stuff with everybody else. It's not going to work with me. I know what you're going to do. Oh, I love this. Uh, Carrillo and Garza traded Spanish flies, and uh, there was a nice inverted slingshot suplex. Just Garza would catch Carrillo every time that he did something ridiculous. And then Garza rolled up Humberto. I thought this was really good. Damn, I, I love this. I This is the right use for him to me. And I'm glad that they started Raw off with this match because I feel this started this set the momentum even with the following match. And afterwards, it kind of gave it that more fast-paced feel for the show. And I thought this match was it was really fun. They did a lot of different stuff, and they had to do different stuff because hey, they're 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 not only do they have this background of wrestling each other in the past for years and years, and they know each other and their family and all of that, but they also have to bring you know that lucha style that the fans want to see because they're Hispanic, etc. So you know they have to sort of mix that in as well. So they kind of brought something different that isn't necessarily seen every week on Raw. Um, and I love the slaps to each other. I love the kicks that they were going back and forth with. They just did a lot of really cool stuff in this match that was different. And the first thing that I wrote down was I was sad when it ended because I wanted it to go five more minutes because I was just really getting into it, kind of getting the ball rolling, and that finish came out of nowhere. But then I was happy because then I thought to myself, well, obviously we're going to have to see this match again, and it's going to be better. And so I, it has me looking forward to this match, and I'm so far liking what they're doing. And also Zelina backstage, she's just Oh, she's just so good yes. on the mic. Like, I can't get over it. The part where she, my favorite parts was when she subtly shaded uh, Charlie for not properly announcing Umberto, uh, uh, pronouncing Umberto's name. She kind of did like a slow, like little, like she pointed at her mouth to kind of like say that she rolls her R's or whatever. Yes. Uh, so it was just like that one tiny thing where I was like, I get that. Like, you didn't have to say that. Like, I as a viewer caught that and I, I very much enjoyed it. Now, I don't know if it's true, but I had a a friend who speaks fluent Spanish. It's her first language. Say that she doesn't think that Zelina really speaks any Spanish. Is that something that you can tell? I think she speaks Spanish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, well, I to me, she does. Everything she says sounds how I would say it or how, okay. how I've heard it. I didn't know if that was a friend of mine's being salty or whatever that was. And I was like, well, you know what? I think it's different, too, because so – you know, a lot of people that are born in Mexico, they speak Spanish so fast, like sure. ridiculously fast. And then me here, like people like me that learned Spanish here in the United States from family, not in school, 
we speak it a lot slower. Okay. We still speak it fast than people are listening to, but I, well, definitely a lot slower than people in Mexico. And obviously people in Mexico have different dialects depending on the city and whatever else. But my Spanish does not compare to people from Mexico. So that may be the difference there. Yeah, I can't pretend that I've ever watched a bunch of Zelina interviews in Spanish, so I didn't know if it was something that she learned later in life or if she spoke it at all. I, I had a friend who said that, and I was like, maybe she's just being salty right now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, if you are in Tampa for WrestleMania weekend or WrestleMania week, you owe it to yourself to check out WrestleCon 2020 in Tampa. I will be there. So will people like Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, John Moxley. Arn Anderson, Kevin Nash, uh, like there are just tons of guests. Mick Foley, Tennille Dashwood, uh, Tessa Blanchard, uh, the, the list goes on and on. Mike Tyson, Pete Rose is going to be there, Bret Hart. Uh, make sure you guys check it out. The convention-related events are taking place at George Steinbrenner Field. But that's not it, not, not just the convention events that are going on all throughout the week. At the Ritz in Iver City, uh, uh, all throughout the week, there's... New Japan's uh, Lions Break Project 3. There's Impact Wrestling. I cannot wait for their TNA Retro Show. The Ethan Page Body Guy Extravaganza. Joey Ryan's Penis Party. I saw Joey this past weekend. That should be an interesting one. WrestleCon Worldwide. Uh, the WrestleCon Super Show last year was my favorite non-WWE WrestleMania Week event. Check it out. WrestleCon.com has all the info you need. There are dozens, if not hundreds of guests and a ton of events. You can also check out the events on Fight TV if you can't make it to Tampa. Check out WrestleCon.com. I'm going to be there. So should you. But WWE Raw rolled on. Wait, are you stressed about WrestleMania? Because I'm kind of stressed out that the fact that so many shows are running against each mm -hmm. other and I have to make some yep. serious decisions. It's not easy. I'm not yep. I feel like this year I'm not gonna go to as many events as I did in New York. To me I, to me I'm more like when I go there, I'm just trying to get interviews all the time. I am interested in the TNA show. I'm interested in that because I grew up such a TNA fan. But other than that, like I, you know, if I sit through shows, I, I don't mind as much, but I want to get as many interviews as possible. I'm happy that my show got moved up an hour and a half. So hopefully, assuming, assuming, which is never safe for me, that WWE approves me for Hall of Fame red carpet, I'll be able to get some stuff there and just get things all throughout the week. I'm going to be getting a lot of stuff at WrestleCon as well. But yeah, that's, that's my main concern. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff running up against each other and, it is it is nerve wracking. I mean, my my definites are WrestleCon throughout the week, my show, and then NXT Takeover because their NXT is always pretty good to media, and they do a conference afterwards. So, ah, oh, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's so much going on. When when are you getting yeah. in? Wednesday or Thursday? Uh, the first, whatever day that is. Okay, I'm not even Wednesday. Really too sure, what day April that, Fool's oh, Day. Oh yeah, Wednesday, April first. That's that's, that's the right. day that I'll be there, and I'll be there till till the sixth on Monday. I'm not doing Raw though. I'm yeah, just, I'm leaving like in the morning. I don't blame you. I'm leaving before Mania. I'm leaving the day of Mania and coming back. See, I would I would not be able to do that. Like oh, yeah. I have serious FOMO. Not being at WrestleMania, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm it's, it's like if if I'm not on the Raw review, it kind of undermines the point of my position at the site. I mean, it's what I do. So I'm like, okay, if I could pull that off remotely, I would do it, but I don't think I can. But anyway, Ricochet defeated Luke Gallows. This match was a foregone conclusion, but I'm okay with it, Denise, because I haven't seen it a million times. Gallows did a good fireman's carry backbreaker. Uh, Ricochet won with a shooting star press, and I like this because he's won with a 630. He's won with a fireman's carry kick in the past. He's won with the recoil. I like him switching it up and winning with different stuff, and I just like that in general. Yeah, this was a fun match. Uh, I got, I thought it kept the momentum of the show going, like I said earlier. Uh, Luke was a, a good base for Ricochet, so it kept the consist consistency for Ricochet going as well and all of the momentum going into the, sh into the Super Showdown. Um, so I thought this was fine. It, it did its job. Yeah, and I, I thought it was just fine. Do you think Ricochet can lift Brock Lesnar? He's lifted Hanson in the past. I saw your tweet, and I thought about it, and I feel that 
I don't know because I just don't know. But I feel that if he does, it will be such a huge pop, though, and just exciting because just looking at them and their size differences, come on, how can you not be impressed if that does happen? Yeah. Backstage, AJ scolds the OC. They see Aleister Black and they jump him. So let's go ahead and talk about this match. They booked Aleister Black versus Eric Rowan too. And when they announce this, I'm like, why? Aleister Black beat him clean as a sheet last week. There was no build for it at all. There's there's just not a, nothing there. I will say I'm glad that they added a wrinkle to this because Eric Rowan whipped his ass for the entire, like 95% of this match. But then Aleister Black fought back, hit like his moonsault and then a black mass and beat him. What did you think of the match and the setup? So at first, I was thinking the same thing. Like, okay, we're going to see this match again, etc. It's just going to be nothing really. And then with the whole part of Aleister Black getting beat up, I thought to myself, was that even really necessary? Like that was just out of nowhere. Poor guy, just making him look bad. Whatever. So then uh, the actual match itself, uh, it was just there, but I did like the post-match stuff. Everything that happened afterwards, I loved. I loved the fact that uh, they actually made sense of what not uh, not really made sense of what happened with the OC, but they actually came up with some sort of conclusion. Hey, they're gonna have a match next week. But I love the part where he just comes out and he's like, "I'm this is rage that does this to me," and I'm thinking, okay. I, 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 I like this. So I like that he comes out and he's pit. Well, after his match, like he's pissed yeah. and do this, this interview. And then he announces the match. I thought that was fine. And it made me excited because I know the match is going to be good, or at least I feel that it will be good. And it's something new for him. Now he's being put up with AJ styles. Come on. It has to get from here. It could only go up. I liked the way that Alistair black called out AJ styles, because a lot of times we talk about him rambling and him just not making sense. And he brought that up. He's like, just in case I'm confusing anybody, me and AJ Styles are going to fight next week. Damn. I love that. I like that approach. That's that's what I want to see. I, I don't need him speaking in riddles like he's doing a Bray Wyatt promo from a couple years ago. I don't need that. I like what they did here. And I'm excited for the match next week. It's a hell of a match. I think it's going to be good. I feel it. As do I. We have uh, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar come out. There's not much to this. It is your Paul Heyman promo. Uh, Heyman did say, if Ricochet beat Brock Lesnar, well, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. But she doesn't, and she's not. And Ricochet will not beat Brock Lesnar. That came out of nowhere. I had to rewind the promo when he said this because I was like, I don't get it. Let me go back. Yeah. I had to rewind it and be like, let me hear that again to understand why this was the analogy that he used. And I was just like, okay. Uh, I expected more from this, to be honest. I was expecting a, a little bit more from this whole segment. Yeah, it's just these are the standard Paul Heyman promos, and there's just not much substance. He talks about how special Le Re Lesnar wrestling is, and okay, cool. I'm glad that we've seen Lesnar more, but I do. I thought that there was a lot more substance in the first month of Lesnar appearing on Raw than there has been tonight. Drew McIntyre. Now, we didn't even talk about his match last week. We powered through that, and we didn't. Yeah, we for we forgot. I forgot because I'm. It's my job to remember. But he beat MVP easily last week, and that was cool. But he did an interview this week with Charlie Caruso. Says that he was promised a title shot long ago and never got that. And Charlie brings that up. She goes, "You say you were promised. I mean, anybody who's been watching WWE since back then remember that when Drew was a big Orlando Bloom looking son of a bitch, he was called the chosen one, and Vince McMahon brought him out and said future." future however Vince didn't say how far into the future the future was and Drew admits that he lost passion for wrestling and was angry outside of WWE and I'll say this if he lost his passion for wrestling he did a really good job hiding it I think I interviewed him or I transcribed an interview when he was in TNA and I remember hearing and I was like man this guy's really passionate about wrestling and he claims that he wasn't as much then but see, he maybe maybe it's all gimmick that he's saying that. But he says a lot of conflicting things in his interviews, because he told me that when he got fired, 
before he even got home that day, he already had his plan and he knew what he was going to do after WWE and wasn't sure he would ever go back. So, I mean, there's some stuff that is working into this. There's some stuff that's reality. He says that he's been living on potential for too long. I thought that that was a great line, but what, what did you, how'd you feel about this? So when you're talking about your interview that you had with him, when we had him on X-Pac 12360, he said something along the exact same lines of him having this roadmap sort of planned out, just kind of go out there, etc. So that's the I, – I never got the whole he's not interested or lost his passion for wrestling. I never saw it that way. I saw it as this guy came out and decided to reinvent himself. By Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at going pretty much everywhere and wrestling all kinds of different people, uh, different styles, etc. until he became who he is now. So I never saw it as him losing his passion, which was a little bit interesting. But other than that, I loved this promo. I thought that it made the fact that he's chasing the bout just that much more important because like you said, that line where he said, all I've heard is potential, 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 but you can't live on potential forever. And I thought to myself, yes, because how many people haven't we said, oh, he has potential, oh, he's so great. What does that do for anybody? Nothing. So the fact that he went out there and he said that, that was great. And then there was a line where he also said, I was a boy and returned a man. I was like, stop it. This is awesome. And hearing him, he's been coming out. He's been getting a lot of talking. He's been doing a lot of promos. And I started thinking to myself, hey, this is a hard thing to do. He's trying to get over as a top baby face now. Uh, and, you know, it could easily fall down. It could easily just lose the crowd. You can do it. And so I feel that right now that spot that he's in every week, he has to do something different or something inspiring or something that really captures the crowd to sort of keep him in that spot that he's in. And I felt that this week they did a pretty good job of that. I want to see more stuff like this for other people on the roster. It seems like they only do it for people they're really pushing. Like we saw Lacey Evans do it last week and it's like, man, they're trying to make that a thing so much. I, I want to see some other people do it. Now, I mean, granted, they did it with Bobby Lashley and his sister's thing a while back, and it was miserable, But so maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Uh, but you guys are crazy if you missed the list, and your boy, it's our wrestling news show. Every Wednesday, 6 p.m., live, get your wrestling news in right before the Wednesday Night Wars. If you got to wait an extra day, that's okay. It's on demand everywhere. Make sure you guys check it out. Myself and Fightful founder Jimmy Van. He has some incredible business acumen, and uh, it definitely lends to our conversations. But uh, we always have a lot of backstage and uh, behind-the-scenes news on that show as well. Make sure you guys check that out every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Our truth is out, and for some reason, he is in the ring after the Drew video. And commentary pretends to like, well, wow, our truth's out here. He had to walk by them to get there. <laughs> and I got so, I don't know, it's so insulting to my intelligence when they do stuff like that. And there's a couple things. Like, one, of all things Tom Phillips thought was ridiculous, he goes, the winter premiere? What? The winter premiere? Yeah, it's fucking winter, Tom! For the next month, it's still winter! You're in Winnipeg! Did you go outside today, buddy? I bet it's cold. Ugh. Oh, uh, our truth was awesome here. He doesn't want to wrestle Lashley. 
Instead, he says, have you watched Sonic the Hedgehog? And I thought Lana was great here because, like, before he even got it out of his mouth, she's like, ring the bell! She kind of ruined that, though. I think everyone wanted to know the the answer. Did he watch Sonic the Hedgehog? Now we'll never know. That's it. That's been ruined. Does Lashley have a match on Super Showdown? Uh, I don't recall, I hope they ask where they were, and Lana goes, well, we were watching Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, they, like, tie it back in? That'd be funny. Uh, Yeah, I was just not having it with this whole Lana. I'm I'm still over it. So I just got into the point where even if something's good with them, I just mute it out. I'm just out. R-Truth does some of John Cena's offense, gets speared, he loses. Sure. Pass. (laughs) <laughs> Contract signing. Jerry Lawler stumbles as is tradition and Asuka cuts him off. I loved Asuka here. She, she's getting, she's, one, she's speaking English even better and better and better. She cuts her slow promo in English and she starts counting everybody. She's like, where's Shayna? She wants Shayna there. Everybody goes to sign the contract and then Baszler shows up and Asuka wants to fight her and I love that. But Natalia attacks her, and that, then all hell breaks loose. Liv jumps over the damn table, attacks Ruby Riot. Sarah's looking around like, ugh, these two. And then that kind of cleared everybody out. How did you think of this setup before we got to what happened at the end of it? To be honest, I didn't love it. I didn't love the beginning, the whole first half of this. I thought that it was slow, it was awkward. No one was really, uh, besides Asuka, she was the only one that was, like, awake and doing something. I kind of felt that everyone was just kind of, like, waiting to see what was happening next. The whole beginning was a little weird. And then when Shayna came out, okay, then they got got the ball rolling and all of that. With the beat down and the brawl that happened everywhere and everyone going after a specific person. That's when things started sort of picking up. But I did think the beginning was a little a little off. Yeah, uh, Anakin JMT sends a super chat. By the way, send a super chat. Uh, any amount, your question or statement will get read on the air. He says, it's 37 in Michigan. It doesn't feel like winter. It's 25 in Winnipeg. Wow, you, you guys are crazy. I would die in that. I think it's like, I don't, It's well, it's 57 right now for us, but it's nighttime and doesn't feel like 57. It feels kind of hot. 57. <laughs> it was 70 today. It was a nice day. Damn. <laughs> well, Becky Lynch hits the ring to attack Baszler, and officials break it up, but the crowd wanted them to fight. I think they needed something like this. And Denise, if I'm WWE, I, I, I've i said they needed to do this with somebody for a long time. They need to treat this like Peter Griffin versus the chicken from Family Guy. They cannot be near each other without fighting. I mean fighting all the time. You set up a, a con, a, like a, a signing, like where Becky's at Cricket Wireless. They're fighting there. Backstage, they're fighting there. During a match, a men's match, those two come out and fight through the match. I want them to not stop fighting until WrestleMania or until about a week before WrestleMania where WWE says, listen, if you guys touch each other again, the match is off and both of them want to beat each other up so bad, they don't want to risk it. I thought this was good. I think this feud needed this after the way it started. First thought, I've never seen Family Guy, so I'm glad that you explained all of that. (laughs) (laughs) And secondly, uh, they just got to make it serious. They got to make it serious. If it's serious, then people will be invested. And so with this beatdown, this was kind of like starting all over because that bite really took me out of it. But with with this, the beatdown, and it just making more not goofy, then it definitely gets the point across more. But, you know, they still have several weeks to keep doing this. So I think that they're getting back on track at the right start with this feud. Yeah, as do I. Uh, Ralph the Ace says, appreciate you guys always bringing it on reviews. Great content. Question, with WWE constantly bringing back legends and stars sporadically, why not just do a gimmick battle royal at at Mania every year? Because they've already got two battle royals, and they want to get... A lot of the other people on the show, I think 
if they did that at like a SummerSlam or something, maybe. But like, I, I, I think you want to get the active roster on the show if you're doing that. And that's what those battle royals are for. Do you have any thoughts on that, Denise? Oh, it would be too much. And I like the occasional, hey, this guy gets one spot and he comes in and gets a big pop and that's it, you know, just for fun. But I don't think a full battle royal. I think it'd be a little too much. Angelo Dawkins defeated Buddy Murphy via DQ. Now, before this, Tom Phillips announces Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford are set for a couple of matches against their opponents at Super Showdown. A couple singles matches. He announced it. He said it. So Dawkins looks like he's going to win with a spine buster, but Rollins attacks for the DQ. That match is over. Montez makes a real bad joke about how Angelo hit Buddy Murphy so hard that he dropped his first name. That that one didn't hit well. But then he says... Why do you think, though? I thought it was funny. Oh, it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. You think it was too insider? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Because I thought it was hilarious. I was like, oh, he went there. All right. <laughs> yeah, the crowd just wasn't there for it. But then, I don't know what who who the miscommunication was with. I just don't know. But he says, oh, I'm, I'm going to do the same to you, Rollins. And Rollins is like, what? What? Well, now I'm going to fight you for that. And I'm like, they just announced it. They announced the match already. And not only that, but commentary sold it as if they hadn't announced it. Rollins didn't need to be goaded. He was already set for the match. Now, it, I hope that it was a miscommunication and not just them doing this to do it because, ah. Oh. But beyond that, the match was fun. Yeah, I thought this was a really good a highlight for, for Montez Ford, like I said earlier. I just felt that he really got, like, he got a lot of shining moments here. He, uh, I, Everything that he does, I just really enjoy his in-ring stuff, his character stuff. It's a lot of fun. Like, I enjoy when he comes out, and when I see him, I look forward to what he's going to be doing. Uh, I liked how this match got started. I, I did enjoy that back and forth between them. I thought, like I said, I thought it was funny. Um, and it just kind of get it, it brought some energy to the match. It brought some life into it instead of it just being like, okay, go. No, they started off a little bit differently. Uh, so, yeah, I actually really enjoyed this. Yeah, the match was it was it was good because it teased Montez winning a couple times. Mm-hmm. He was getting beaten up pretty bad at first. Buckle bomb, barricade bomb. He came back and did a a jumping knee and a hurricane rana. But Rollins teased the pedigree like like he was dipping in so far into his arsenal that he just wanted to put this guy away, but he got DDT'd. Ford also countered a superplex with a sunset bomb, but then misses his frog splash. And Rollins wins with the stomp. I like this because he 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 hung he would hang in there with Rollins, but Rollins beat him clean. Because you got to remember, Rollins is legitimately one of the best in the world in WWE spectrum of things. He beat Brock Lesnar twice, so yeah, he should be one of the best. He shouldn't have to cheat to beat Montez Ford, and I was okay with this. I thought both ended up looking really good. Yep, I agree on that. Now, my only problem was when Street Profits said Monday Night Pariah commentary, it felt like they said – they may have said it twice, but it felt like they said it ten times. And I'm like, you guys should say it again. Let us know how cool it is because that will make <laughs> me think that it's cool if you guys just keep saying it because there's, there's nothing more than – yeah. I didn't catch that, honestly. I, I didn't even catch that part. Oh, gosh. It drove me nuts. And, and there are times when I kind of tune out commentary, so to speak. But, I don't know. I just wasn't able to there. But then we get the main event. Randy Orton defeated Kevin Owens. Now, throughout the night, we saw a new referee. His name is Jake Clemens. He's done some Evolve stuff. He's done some AIW stuff. But Owens took over, and the Disciples come out to distract him. He gets them back up in the form of Street Profits and Viking Raiders. And Orton is able to take over because Rollins is able to distract again. Owens got some nice offense, but there was a fast count after a draping DDT win for Orton. Well, the win came after the fast count. And it's like, okay, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, new ref shows up, fast count. He's refing the main event. You know something's up. What were your thoughts when this initially happened? 
I didn't expect this whole referee thing to happen with him ripping the shirt open. No, no he's he's a what, what, what's the word that they use? Like a not not follower. I forgot. Disciple. There you go. Disciple yeah. of Seth Rollins, etc. I love this. I thought it was a it was a lot of fun. It's well the part where the fast count happened. It was weird too because there was like a disconnection where nobody, everybody was just kind of like looking at each other, trying to see like what, what just happened here. Like even Randy Orton and and just everybody. So I like. That I thought it was weird, and then it sort of came together. I liked my favorite part was the whole beatdown of Kevin Owens beating down the referee, and Seth Rollins just watching, and basically he's just yelling like, um, "He's oh, he's a human being, Kevin. He's a human being. Like, don't hurt him, etc." I thought that was hilarious. So I loved all of that. I thought that this all came through, and it really. Um, like, even if Seth Rollins didn't know that this referee was going to do that, I would kind of prefer it that he didn't know because it just – it would make more sense because he's been coming out here and he's been talking and talking about how he's the messiah of Raw. So if he has somebody that fell into that and believed his every word and then came out and did this act, then – he's sort of like inspiring these people to do bad things or whatever. But the point is that I actually enjoyed this. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a good way to get Orton a win to uh, have a match that closed raw Orton versus Owens is a main event to me of raw. It put over the disciples. It got this ref. this. I think this ref Jake Clemens who Hannah Moore just sent a super chat and said for Jake, he just turned 28. I think she told me like that. that, that what a spot for this guy. So, Rollins wants Orton to take Owens out with a chair, but Owens gets a chair himself. Orton says sorry and leaves the ring. So we're getting development from a lot of people. This served a lot of different masters. Rollins got over. Orton got over. Owens got over. The ref got over. The Street Profits and the Viking Raiders got over. And it furthered Buddy Murphy and AOP and what they're doing. There are not a lot of segments that get... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like eleven, a dozen, maybe almost a dozen people got over because of this. That's really good stuff. And you didn't have to burn like somebody losing legitimately to do it. It was a screw job win that satisfied me because there was a reason. The ref takes the chair from Owens and gets chased down. Owens rips off his shirt and he's got a Messiah shirt on. The ref does. And my favorite part of this, Denise, was Rollins goes, I got nothing to do with that. I don't know him. I don't know what's going on. And then after Owens kicks his ass, Rollins goes, that's a good human being. <laughs> he didn't deserve that. I got to say that the last two weeks, I have really been a fan of what Seth Rollins is doing. I know the past few weeks, I was not feeling it. I was just like, stop with all of this talking. Do something. Let's freshen this up. Whatever. The last two weeks, I have actually been enjoying what he has been doing with his character and all of that. It's actually been really entertaining, and there's been little things that I thoroughly have been enjoying, and today was one of them, and even when he was taunting Randy Orton, like, do it, do it, to, uh, uh, when he was doing that outside the ring, I thought that was great, too, because it really showed that clear uh, line that Randy Orton is not trying to cross. So it tied in with the opening segment of Raw where he's, you know, he's he feels bad about what he did and he's trying not to do that. But at the same time, here he is doing those things. So we're really seeing this conflicting side for Randy Orton. Yeah, I just thought this was awesome. A good close to Raw. I was all about it. Oh, man. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Timothy Hughes sent a super chat and said, Why won't WWE push Asuka for a serious run and make it to where she's destroying women like she was doing in NXT? WWE needs to stop being scared with her and pull the trigger. She's ready. Now, I, I'm i probably the wrong person to ask because I look at her and I go, Okay, you did that in NXT. You did it in NXT. And since then, she has become a, a champion she she beat Becky Lynch several times, like for a year straight, beat Becky Lynch. She won the Royal Rumble. She had a match with Charlotte, and they see more upside in Charlotte than her. That's understandable. She's had a tag team title run. She should be defending those titles, for sure. The thing is with Asuka is she's so good that there's almost no way to use her to her potential because she's that good. Like, it'd be hard to do her justice because she's so talented, 
but they could use her better. They could always use her better because she's that good. But do I think that she's been used bad? No, I don't think so. The the Carmella James Ellsworth thing for sure, but I don't know. Uh, how about you, Denise? That was one of the things that we talked about too a while back where I said that originally I would have agreed with that, but now I don't because I do see that she they have been doing a lot with her. I just think that if anything, it's a testament to some of the other women on the roster because they're stepping it up. They're really stepping it up and they're making the storyline shift in their direction or making the spotlight shift in their direction. So I just it's just one of those things where maybe it's just bad timing. Well, you know, bad timing is a thing. And if you're down, you don't want to get knocked out with a fast count. You want your penis to stay super hard? <laughs> no! Nobody... Stop! Continue! <laughs> see, this is what happens. This is a disaster. You can't see me, okay? And if you don't want your special someone to say, Stop! This is a disaster! Use BlueChew.com, especially that code Fightful. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients, damn it, as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work a lot better than my ad read does. But you know the drill. They're a lot better. They're a lot faster. It's a lot cheaper. You don't have to waste your waste your time, your day. It'd take you all day. Schedule a doctor's appointment Wait in line at the doctor, see the doctor, have the awkward conversation with the doctor, go up front, have your prescription written, have that lady up front go, hey, uh, sir, your penis, is, are these your, your pills for your penis? And she would look at you like you got a problem, and you probably don't have a problem, you just want that extra, uh, in bed. And that's what Blue Chew gives you. <laughs> it allows you to give you know. And then after all that, after that weirdness at the doctor's office, you got to go to the pharmacy. And you know those ladies at the pharmacy are talking. You just know they are. Especially if you live in a small town. They're nosy, man. They're telling everybody. Can you see who came in here earlier for the penis pills? Joyce, did you see that? Well, I sure did. What, what do you think's up with his penis? And then you're going to hear somebody from the back. There'll be somebody that's going to get their prescription. They're going to be like, man, I'm glad I don't got to deal with this. I use Blue Chew. I, I just came here because I wanted a pack of gum or something. Man. It's ready whenever you are. Even on a full empty stomach. Doesn't matter. It's a chewable. Gets into your system a lot faster. Ships to your your house discreetly. Like I said, Joyce at the pharmacy isn't all up in your business. Nope. Use that code Fightful at BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free. All you gotta do is pay $5 shipping. Denise, have you ever had to deal with a Joyce at the pharmacy? No, I have not. I rarely go to the pharmacy. No, but me, me either. I Thanks, will tell you. That that happens though. It really yeah, does. I know it, it does. It really does. I know it trust does. Me. Everybody talks bad about everybody, even if you, you trust me, it happens especially in the beauty salons for women. Oh, hey. they will tell you what said girl got waxed. How, how about that? My grandma worked in a beauty salon, ran a beauty salon, I know all about it. They yap an awful lot, man. They do. I can't wait until we do the the Denise Salcedo reaction compilation video. Oh, God. And, and the best thing about this is Blue Chew is an advertiser. I have to write down every ad read that I do. So I know exactly where to find them. So it'll be very easy. And just so you know, Denise, one of our Blue Chew compilations did like 40,000 views on YouTube. So Oh, no. <laughs> there you go. I... I need to come up with a way to not be noticed during these. No, <laughs> during these. no. I don't want to be noticed. So did you ever used to use uh, the Google Hangouts stuff when they, they did that? Did you ever no, do that? No, I never used Google Hangouts. So it was so easy. It was much easier than the method that we use now. But it would switch the camera back and forth for you. So you couldn't always see the person's facial expressions. And now okay. now you can. And it oh, it just makes 
it makes it so much better. There, there were so many times that I missed out on Alex's response or, or something like that. So I, I'm glad that's the case. But hey, it's, the go- issue is that I like I'm trying to not matter so that people can listen to what you're saying so that they can get Bluetooth with code Fightful, and so. I'm trying to not be part of it, but then at the same time, I feel hey. that I have to, like, yep. it's my face. It's just, I don't know. Well, we're going to make our Super Showdown picks. Reminder, Super Showdown on Thursday. We will have a live post show. I'll be joined by Jeremy Lambert, lead wrestling writer of Fightful.com, and Joe Holbert, one of our great columnists. You can catch them every week on The Distraction. It is another news podcast we're doing. Uh, we kind of realized we're doing a bunch of review podcasts, so we need to step it up and do some news shows as well. So check them out every week on Fightful.com. But Seth Rollins and Murphy defend the tag titles against the Street Profits. Who do you got? Um, I'm going to go with the Street Profits. I am too. I like them in this one. The Tuwake Trophy Gauntlet match. Now apparently Rusev's been pulled is replaced by Rey Mysterio. But we also have Andrade, who's been out with a suspension. AJ Styles, who has been injured. R-Truth, Eric Rowan, Eric Rowan, who's lost back-to-back weeks. Bobby Lashley, and Mysterio, who's been out for quite a while. I would probably go with AJ. I think, yeah, I think if you're doing him and Undertaker at Mania, which is the rumor, I think he should win it. Yeah, it would make sense leading up to that. Steel cage match, King Corbin versus Roman Reigns. There ain't no way Corbin wins this. Well, you know what? Then I'm going to have to, because I was going to say, I could just choose to be different and just go with King <laughs> Corbin. But that's not the that's not the route I want to take, so I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bayley versus Naomi. I hope that whatever happened Friday with Naomi and Carmella hope that isn't what we see on Thursday because that was not good. I think Bailey is going to win this. I hope, hope, hope Bailey faces Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. I hope it is not Lacey Evans. I do not want to see that, but I think Bailey's going to win here. I think it would have to be Bailey. You got to keep that momentum going. Yeah. SmackDown Tag Team Championships New Day defend against John Morrison and The Miz. I think Morrison and The Miz will win this match. Why do I think that? Because it's SmackDown, Miz and Morrison have lost their last two matches, and that's the way they do things. People can't be booked strong. And also, hey, they're the fresh new team. They're doing their stuff. They're getting over. Let's have them get one over now. Get one over at Super Showdown. Universal Championship. There's been some wild rumors going around, but Bray Wyatt defends against Goldberg. The Fiend. Could could Goldberg beat the Fiend? I'm going to go with Goldberg. Wow. Who do you... Okay, so... Because I cannot see just... It, it just... Yeah, Goldberg. So my question is, who do you think Goldberg faces at Mania? Well, I haven't... Have I heard any of the rumors yet for that? I don't think I have. Here's the thing. I think that a WrestleMania match between Goldberg and John Cena is a legit tip, tip, top, top match but i don't know if it's gonna happen i haven't heard anything and if they do it they don't need a title they can just say john cena versus goldberg here's your match enjoy yeah it's gotta definitely be something like that so that people can come in and be like oh this is gonna happen like what's gonna happen here because it's just it's weird to me like when i hear people say that they want Goldberg to lose it's weird because the thing about Goldberg that you like is to see him come in and kill his opponent fast and have him win I mean he beat Brock Lesnar I just can't see it going any other way and I just feel like if it it, it that's that's the draw that's the appeal of Goldberg so taking that away from him is taking away that appeal yeah but I mean who has more upside is it Bray Wyatt or Goldberg I would imagine Bray Wyatt full-time compared to Goldberg? I know, I get that. I get that. I get that completely. So that's the one thing where I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, maybe, but I just, I don't know. Brock Lesnar defends against Ricochet. There ain't no way Brock loses this match. Yeah, Brock. 
That's WWE Super Showdown reminder. Check us out noon on Thursday. Chris Ferris sends a super chat and says, "For the reaction vid, record SRS uh, <laughs> yelling blue chew each time Denise laughs." You'll have to hit me with some more details on that one. I'm not sure uh, what you mean, but Denise, hit us with some more details on where the people can find you this week. All right, so. Um, first of all, thanks to all of this Bluetooth stuff, that's all I'm seeing on my Twitter notifications, like right after the show, <laughs> which I'm glad though, because it could either be this or the Valvina stuff. So we're slowly progressing. I'm go. trying to get out of this like area go. that I'm in. I'm in this, this weird zone here. Okay. But, um, really quickly, I have two shows. If anybody here is in the LA or Orange County area this weekend on February 28th, Suburban Fight, which is basically no ring, no rules, a really cool it relaxing like not relaxing that's right that's not the word right word to use but like a really crazy place to go and watch wrestling um they're having a show in melrose on the 28th and then on the 29th they're going to be in orange county also doing a show so it's literally back to back celebrating the two-year anniversary of the promotion but you can check out all the details at suburban x fight and of course i'll be ring announcing for that for myself you can check me out on twitter or on instagram at underscore denise salcedo and then youtube.com slash Subscribe to Fightful Select, guys. I have exclusive news going up. Backstage Report goes up this week. The list goes on. Two episodes of Sour Graps. We have that Weekender pod. If you all want NWA 205, UK, New Japan, Beyond, Steven Jensen has you covered. Also, my Q&A show goes up this week. Probably going to spend an hour. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.